Welcome to the Muzzle Up Podcast, the first international streetlifting podcast, which will be all about lifting heavy weights, doing fancy skills, and listening to interesting stories from the best athletes across the world. I'm your host Nadine, and now let's get started. Welcome back, and first of all, Happy New Year. The first episode in 2024. And I'm really excited because I'm not just having a really interesting topic for you guys today, but also because the podcast is now available already since one month and I'm still trying to consistently release new episodes and I still have a few listeners, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and yeah, before we start, uh, I just wanted to remind you guys to leave a short rating and also maybe a few comments um if you rate on at the podcast because that really helps me to keep the podcast growing to invite more interesting guests for you guys and yeah also to develop myself further and yeah give you a better content in future <laughs> cool so yeah before we jump into our interview today um, I just want to sensibilize you guys that the story we will talk about today is a really private and sensitive topic for my guest and yeah that she really took a lot of energy into this podcast and also shared really some topics where I was also surprised that she was talking about it so openly and yeah was so helpful as well to maybe people that feel the same or have similar experiences already so yeah my guest today is Leah English she's an Austrian streetlifting athlete and yeah she competed last year for her the first time and along her way or along her journey into strength sport she had a, quite some difficulties and experienced different topics that are not so easy to overcome and yeah we will talk about the topic sports addiction um, but also eating disorders and how both of the topics connected are something that led her in the end into a real depression and how serious such a thing can really be in the end because lots of us especially as athletes always connect sport addiction more to like passion and how we just are on fire for our sport and training is just something that belongs to us which is of course the case but i'm really happy that leah now also makes aware of that sports is not just something healthy but if you are overdoing it basically that it can also be something really dangerous and that it is a serious disease and yeah therefore i will hand over directly to leah um for the 60 second introduction of herself so have fun and hopefully listen until the end perfect um so my name is leah i'm 24 years old uh i come from austria from vienna and this year was my first competition, as uh, Nadine already mentioned. Uh, I'm a streetlifting athlete since 
a year, I guess. Uh, so I'm really one of the newcomers here. Um, privately, I'm working in a corporate, corporate health uh, company as a corporate health consultant and also uh, being part of the uh, content management team. <clears throat> so besides the sports, um, I also do something with sports and uh, everything like that than companies. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the first introduction of me. Perfect. Uh, that's for now. That's fine. <laughs> we will get more into the topic later on, and they will definitely will hear more about your stories. So don't worry. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Leah. First of all, so at least we now know a little bit about yourself already. Um, yeah, you already said you are quite new to the sports. You are doing um, street lifting now since one year. Um, so maybe can you tell us a bit about like how did you start your journey in street lifting in general and uh, what was your reason why you decided to compete this year first time? Uh, so I started with proper training, like with 21, so also not that long. And it all soon started with bodybuilding. The body was always the focus. Um, I wanted to get stronger, but also I really defined myself over the way, the way I'm looking. And soon I noticed it's kind of a, a obligation for me. And it kind of uh, was really hard for me to with the fact of gaining weight and everything and I just wanted to switch uh, the sport to get a more uh, to get away from that focus of uh, op optimizing your body so I choose to start with calisthenics um, really soon after like eight or nine months uh, but soon I noticed the classic uh, calisthenics isn't also the thing for me because I'm just I'm just good at doing uh, something with weights. I'm I'm strong and I knew okay, I'm not that good in balancing and everything like that. So, um I started for searching a coach for calisthenics to get better at this. And he very soon told me in like the first uh, training we had together, uh Leah, are you sure you want to do calisthenics because I think you would be really uh, a lot of a lot better uh, in weighted calisthenics. And I already told him, okay, my goal would be to compete sometimes, like with statics and dynamics, freestyle, so really big plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta think big, right? <laughs> uh, and he said, um, I think it would be a lot better with doing a competition in weighted calisthenics because you're already really strong. And I think uh, you can compete really earlier. Um, and so I trusted in him in his in his opinion and said okay let's try it I have nothing left to lose I've tried like everything so now it's time to try out something completely new and choose to start my weighted calisthenics journey okay so was actually yeah quite a yeah easy way from use for you so you you just started your sports journey and then uh directly moved into the calisthenics Uh, theme uh, quite early already so yeah that that's interesting to hear how long did you train in for your first competition um i've started uh, in november last year with the coaching with the new coaching mm -hmm. and i guess i would say i started with weights like in january so my prep was really, really short but um for me it wasn't the 
the goal to uh, to be the first place or anything like that. It was it was just for me to compete to look uh, how the sports is working for me. Do I have fun competing? Do I like the the uh, environment? Uh, and so it was just to get into the sport, I guess. Okay, so when you decide to compete already, did you uh, already manage your first ring mass up, for example? Because it's always, especially for us girls, uh, something <laughs> difficult and we need to be able to do it to compete in the end. Mm -hmm. I had a problem with training ring muscle-ups because in our gym we don't have rings who are uh, which are high enough so it was kind of hard for me to train them but I started with normal muscle-ups uh, in the classic calisthenics training with uh, resistance bands and anything so I really soon uh, managed my first ring muscle-up it wasn't that hard work for me as it was for others okay other lucky you Yeah, I had had other exercises which I had to train a lot. For example, the squats was a really, really big issue for me. Well, yeah, if you come from normal calisthenics, I think uh, everyone that is more connected to the classic calisthenics style always struggles with a str uh, squat at the beginning. But yeah, yeah. you just got to keep working. And if you uh, do your work, then it's at least the exercise with the most potential in the end. So. <laughs> Cool. So I think you competed last year in the final rep, or this year, actually, <laughs> and in the final rep um, Dach Championship, right? Mm -hmm. In the oh. minus 70 kg class, and you became third place, correct? Yeah? We're okay. Three people in this weight class, but I'm... Okay. <laughs> 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 third place is third place. <laughs> well, uh, you gotta... Uh, don't tell anyone. Just uh, say, hey, I became third, and... <laughs> Everyone will be like, oh, wow, she must be strong. <laughs> I know, boys, girls, it's always a problem uh, currently still in the competitions that uh, the weight classes are always, um, yeah, not super full. But I'm my hopes are high that next year it's going to be better and that we be mostly able to fill up most of the weight classes. So maybe you can tell us a bit about your plans for next year. Are you planning any new competitions? Uh, was your first competition something where you said, yes, that's the sport for me? Or did you change your opinion afterwards? No, after the first competition, I was like, oh my God, I want to compete like in three months again. It was really cool for me and I <laughs> loved competing. But I have to admit, it was really hard, uh, really pressure for me and it was a really hard time for me um, uh, mentally. So I struggled a lot the last months and I struggled with training and I struggled with in injuries and my plan was to compete in December at the MMC mm -hmm. but because of my injuries I couldn't compete because I haven't had a proper leg days like since three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> that's really hard for me so I don't know in which uh, direction I'm going next year. The plan was to compete at final rep uh, but I've think I don't want to put uh, that much pressure on me and on my training because um, as the topic uh, uh, already tells you I had uh, had to struggle a lot with training and training a lot so I just want to uh, be open about what's coming next year and I will decide really spontaneous about how how my training is going. Okay, so fingers crossed that we will see you maybe at fine rep but uh, there is no fix date or something for you um yet so yeah we will just have to see if no final rep is you won't be able to make final rep is there any other competition that you are 
I don't know. Is there any competition in Austria? I also talked to it about uh, about it with Judith in the podcast, but uh, maybe you know more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope so. Stay tuned. Maybe something is coming for us. Um, maybe in a more private way uh, from our calisthenics um, community in uh, Vienna. That's the T or in Austria, it's Team Alpha Bar. Mm -hmm. maybe we will look um maybe we start a small competition in calisthenics or maybe there are other things coming Ooh, okay <laughs> so for all austrian people listening right now uh <laughs> leah is telling you some uh, something big is coming soon <laughs> now expectations so. are high <laughs> i don't want to promise anything but i think something will come of course in the next uh one or two years in austria too Okay, interesting. Then we will uh, keep the eyes open and see what's uh, happening then. <laughs> cool. Okay, but first of all, fingers crossed, of course, that you can make it to final rep. But yeah, you already said it a bit. Um, you were struggling a lot in the last couple of months and with your training and also before that you had this issue with your body positivity and bodybuilding and being really focused on your body just when training so let's dive maybe a bit deeper into uh, that topics so we directly come to our main topic today um yeah so maybe tell us a bit about first of all maybe from the beginning starting um where you started with the bodybuilding part Why, first of all, did you at all start your training journey? So why did you decide to focus on bodybuilding first? Why did you start to go to the gym? And what was there your main reason for it? Oh, okay. This will be very emotional for me because it's it was really a hard time for me. Um, I started bodybuilding um, in 2000, after Corona, after the first uh, lockdown, I guess. Mm -hmm. And my main goal was losing weight because i gained like 10 kilos in the in the lockdown wow <laughs> and uh yeah so my plan first was to lose the weight and then to start with proper training um i know this is the completely false um uh, mindset at the beginning just doing cardio to lose some weight and then adding uh, uh weights to the plan um but yeah i didn't know better uh so I started with cardio and anything like that. And I have to say, um, <clears throat> being uh, my body was always a big topic for me. I always defined my lot, uh, a lot myself a lot of how I look and how my body looks. And so I really felt uncomfortable with 10 kilos more, but it was, it was okay for me. So I started dieting, started mm -hmm. calorie counting. And I think that was the beginning of it all. I struggled a lot after my diet um, and uh, started uh, stopped counting calories. And as soon as I found my first coach, um, I told him that I just want to want to learn the the main uh, exercises like squats uh, and deadlifts and have a proper uh, upper body training because I've never trained upper body. It was just a booty, <laughs> legs, booty. <laughs> Typical girl training plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I wanted to learn some exercises for the upper body, want to improve my squat technique and deadlift technique. So this was my focus for the first training. It was never meant to be a bodybuilding uh, a circle or something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, my coach had other plans for me and soon I get uh, into this 
bodybuilding training and I had to document uh, I had to write down everything how much I was eating how much uh, how I was feeling how much stress do I have when do I get my period um how, it, it was like he was monitoring you like on every everything and even though you didn't plan to be like any competition athlete or bodybuilding athlete where this might be necessary of course but you just wanted to get stronger at that moment or just wanted to learn a bit new exercises so you yeah. directly started your journey with a coach actually so yeah. okay but this was then a bodybuilding coach or uh, but my plan also was never to compete in uh, uh with my body that was never the plan but i lived the life of a bodybuilder like 24 7 even though i didn't want this but it was just the direction he was um Forcing is the wrong word, but he pushed me a little bit into, and um, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of everything. Have you ever talked about that together, like you with the coach, that this might be might be not the direction you want to head to, or did he know about that? Mm, I talked to him about my uh, past with eating disorder, or problems with eating because i don't think it was a really big eating disorder i don't know if you can say it like that but i had problems with calorie counting and i told him that at the beginning that i don't want to count calories because i just want to train and uh, build muscles and that is not my focus and i i'm scared of uh, getting into this kind of vicious circle again with calorie counting so um i told him that but He wasn't that open-minded with that topping and I was really new to this I was really um, unsure about everything so I put my trust into him because I told myself okay he knows what he's doing and I know he has plans for me and I have to follow these plans that's the reason I paid for him so I trusted <laughs> him with his topics okay so when uh Yeah, you you felt like uh, the, the first time this was not the the style you wanna go to, or you don't feel comfortable with the way he's coaching you. When was the the time afterwards? How long did it take you to really speak up? Let's call it like this. Um, I think it was at the ending of the coaching. Um, a few weeks ago, I already noticed I'm uh, not sticking to the plan, not sticking to my. Uh, To the notes I had to make, uh, I didn't uh, write down everything. Uh, I just didn't stick to his plans and or monitoring. So I noticed, okay, I think there is a uh, this doesn't work anymore. Uh, so I talked to him about that and uh, told him I want to do ca uh, classic calisthenics and I will search for a new coach. Um, With, uh, who is better with this topic or this kind of training uh, and he totally accepted that so it was never a really big issue to choose another coach for me okay so at least there was not not a big issue after you decided that it's not the right coach for you that he made trouble like why you want to change or something like no, this no, of course not. okay but going to uh, the the bodybuilding platform was that ever something you discussed or did you ever talked about it that It might be also something you want to head to, or he wants you to head go to. He he told me a lot of times that I would be perfect for bodybuilding because I just have the, uh, how do you say in English? I don't know the the right 
physique or the, the right physique and uh, yeah but I never saw me in this uh, place so um, I think he saw the potential in me and just wanted to set the way for me but yeah that's not what a coach is supposed to be I guess I guess the coach is supposed to support your goals and not his own goals that's true definitely was he a bodybuilder himself or okay then that's at least why he was maybe yeah trying to get you into the same direction as uh, he never competed though uh he never competed ah. he wants to compete but he's uh he trained like a bodybuilder he also okay. had his lifestyle with tracking everything and yeah okay so my next question would be like how did you get to your first coach like did, did you find him on the internet or what was your decision to get coached by exactly this person uh i met him at the gym i was going to and we talked about uh we firstly just talked about uh our training and everything like that it was not like oh you're a trainer can you can you coach me uh we just get to know each other and then uh, i was like mm, i'm searching for a proper plan i'm searching for a new routine and he was like oh <laughs> here i am <laughs> i have just my trainer um we can just uh talk a bit and uh show if it's working between us okay so it was actually not that direct way of searching you were not exactly used to searching for a coach at that moment but more like searching for some tips helps and then you did you you somehow moved into that coaching by mistake let's call it like this <laughs> or not by mistake but yeah it was on purpose <laughs> necessarily okay interesting cool so then after a while you decided well this whole bodybuilding is not for you and you didn't feel good the way it went until now and you trained like eight months at that point right i guess or, yeah it yeah, was like okay. eight months Okay, so where was your strength level maybe until then? Like, have you seen already that you build up muscles? Did your body change already? Uh, my body changed, yes. And that was a kind of a big problem for me at this time because I had so much fear of gaining weight and I noticed I was gaining weight. I was eating a lot. Uh, before the training, I ate like 1,400 calories a day. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Before you started training, you only ate 1,400 calories the whole day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not really a lot. <laughs> how big, uh, How tall are you? Uh, please? How tall are you? Uh, 117. Uh, 70, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a woman of that size, that's really not a lot. <laughs> to yeah. Eat. Yeah. I, oh. My weight was uh, at 57, I guess. and. Yeah. I soon noticed I'm starting gaining weight slowly, but steady, like 58, 59. And that was the first point uh, my anxiety attack started. Uh, so I was really scared of uh, getting to the 60 kilos because um, the weight I was uh, losing uh, was like 10 kilos and I had 66 kilos. And I was so scared of going back to this, uh, this body. Um, and yeah there were a lot of crying attacks a lot of anxiety attacks um i stood on my scale and saw the saw the numbers and i completely freaked out it was really hard for me 
did you already start to change then your eating behavior at that point when you felt like oh it's getting close to the 60 kg now uh in my mind yes but i um already had the plan i had to uh, to track everything i had this plan you eat 2000 calories a day you eat 2400 calories a day i tried sticking to this plan but it was really hard for me because i uh at like 2000 calories i was completely full so i uh <laughs> i couldn't manage any more food it's it's different now i can eat a lot <laughs> Um, but it was really hard for me to catch up with this and with this restricting also came uh, binge eating because I was restricting sweets and I was restricting fat I was restricting going out eating um, there was a lot of restriction and yeah there were points where I started binging and that were the points where I started to gain weight also Ah, so not necessarily because of the eating plan of your coach, but more because of the binge eating attacks that followed because you had so many restrictions in this plan. I had the restrictions in my head. I guess yeah. my coach was also like always like, okay, you should eat a little more protein, a little less carbs, a little less fat. Um, I can't understand that, but um, yeah, it's a different topic. Uh, but he never told me, okay, you can't eat chocolate. Just um, just a small amount is okay and uh, but i restricted myself because any, anything i couldn't track uh i couldn't eat that was impossible okay. it was impossible for me to buy bread outside i have to weigh everything um to be able to eat it i was able to eat pizza i was able to eat sweets everything i just needed to be able to track it okay i see and this tracking behavior became so much that uh yeah he just became he got into this eat beat binge eating and then yeah sometimes just had days where you just forgot about everything and then just ate whatever came into your mind basically right yeah. i was really scared of going out eating because that were the moments where i started binging i said okay it's only one uh one pizza uh, i eat normally and then at the evening I track the whole day and then the pizza I don't have to track but these were the points where I started okay I can't track the pizza so everything is uh, it doesn't matter anyways anymore so you're like doesn't matter anyways I, I fucked up the day uh, I can binge I don't I don't need to track anymore because it's uh, it isn't correct either way so I just uh, just ate whatever came yeah. like It was vegetables, it was fruits, it was sweets. Uh, there were no limits. <laughs> okay, well, if we would have just been vegetables, that might have been not a, such a big issue. But yeah, but it was really I like cucumbers and afterwards I needed a Nutella and afterwards mm. I binged salty things. It was... I. I grabbed everything I could grab from the fridge. <laughs> like like pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Hmm. Okay, yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, fun at that moment. <laughs> And something, yeah. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't like to eat uh, in that kind of way. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what helped you then maybe to, to get out of that wishes circle? Um... It took uh, its time. Um, um, also, when I started doing calisthenics and weighted calisthenics, I uh, also had this problem with an eating disorder. But the binge eating really 
stopped uh, when I or shortly after I stopped tracking. Um, okay. Don't, don't doesn't didn't have that much restriction in my nutrition. Um, the binge eating was less, but also when I was not tracking, I had restrictions in my head. So um, it continued kind of. Does it still bother you at the moment? No, at the moment it doesn't because uh, this summer was really um, hard for me and there were other topics. Um, I think we will talk about this uh, also later, uh, which led to uh, let these feelings of uh, the eating disorder, voice of the eating disorder uh, go away. Well, but then... Actually, what helped you to get out of this, it was another problem and not really... A... Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's a really <laughs> helpful tip because <laughs> I would be happy if I not uh, went, through the, uh, went through what I've went through, but it, yeah, it helped me out of the eating disorder. Well, okay, then right <laughs> now, if you have a bit similar problems, please don't take an example <laughs> of Leah. <laughs> Therapy. I also I went to therapy and that also helped me a lot. Um, okay. I was on a very good way this year, um, but I didn't uh, completely overcome it till this other topic. Was your family or friends aware of your problems at that time? No, my family didn't know about this. Um, I told my friends. Uh, I was never really... Um, I always talked about this because I always thought it is important to talk about this topic because it is a real big topic in, especially in sports and especially in this fitness bubble. So I always found people who go through the same thing I went through or I was going through. So it really helped me to talk about my problems. It really helped me when I have a bad day to tell someone, okay, I can't feel anything right now i just need to binge to compensate this feel these feelings or feeling too much um and i always had the support from my from my friends my family knew i had a problem with training mm -hmm. um, they all, all, always told me like leah you're training too much you're working out too much but i never really saw it like that okay so For your family, just it was just a training focus, but your friends at least knew, and you were also able to talk to them if you had like a bad week or a bad day. So yeah. you at least had some people to talk to, and did it help you to talk about it for yourself? Or sometimes yes, but I think at, in this topic you're in your own bubble. You can't take advice from anyone. You know they are right, and I also had the right thoughts in my head. I knew would be what would be the correct answer and I know what I should do but I just wasn't able to do it so I couldn't take advices it was good to hear some some things in this moment and it was good to open up to somebody but it really didn't help me out I have to be honest I love talking to them but the advices just didn't okay so it didn't help you there uh, no, no. okay it was more well, the itself Of course, not good to hear, but yeah, at, at least you have been open and you were not hiding yourself completely. I think that it's a, at least the first step into yeah. somewhat of a healing process, even though it didn't really help you to like exactly talk to them. I think searching for help is the main, is the first step in uh, going better and being better and talking with friends and um so you don't feel like, like you're alone with this topic. Yeah, for sure. 
but at least good to hear that at least this topic is done for you at the moment i hope it will never come back and you will never have any uh, issues again with that but yeah to maybe now get a bit more deep into our actual topic which is more the not actually an eating disorder but the sports addiction which might be a bit connected but maybe to the eating disorder i think um so you also already said after your first competition last may you went through a lot of a uh, hard month for you so if, if of course if there's anything you don't want to talk about mm-hmm. you don't have to but give us a bit of insights on uh how was your life afterwards what was your problem and what happened afterwards basically i think the problem started even before the competition but i didn't see it like a problem i was training a lot i was uh Training was my priority. Uh, I w- worked like 40 hours a week and uh, every day I went to training after the work. Um, <clears throat> it was like five times a week, I guess. And mm-hmm. training was always, always my main focus. I neglected anything or everything. I neglected friends. I've neg- neglected myself, time for myself, uh, family. Uh, my day was all about training coming to the training and I completely freaked out if anything comes in between me and my training I had an anxiety attack when I had to stay longer at work so I couldn't be in the gym at like uh, 4 p.m for example it was really crazy I was so focused on what happens in the training that I completely lost focus of anything else and I was really unhappy with my job um that was not the job I'm yet I'm I'm in now. now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just in case if somebody is hearing, <laughs> it wasn't that job. It was my old job, and I was really unhappy because I didn't have the feeling of um, that I have a goal in there. It was just doing my work, but I really didn't mm-hmm. feel a connection to the company and to the job. So I focused completely in the topic sports because I knew, okay, I'm good at that. I can make progress in the training, but I can't progress at work. So it was my way out of this, of this day routine of getting up, doing a job you didn't like. And uh, after the competition, um, <clears throat> it was good for a short time, but I get more and more unhappy with the job situation. And it was really hard for me to, to find the way out because I was there like three years um, and I just always need that and always need to be secure that everything is working out. A, a job change would be impossible for my mind to manage because I was so scared of doing something else because I always stick to my routines. I have my structure. Nothing comes in between me and my <laughs> routines and that was kind of toxic too. I didn't even go on vacation because I told myself okay when you're on vacation you can't do your training you can't uh, stick to your eating routines and that was the part where I told myself okay Leah it can't go on like that Um, that's not the life you want to live or you want to talk about it in a few years and um, the summer was the point where I started started thinking I need to change something I want to search for uh, a new job I want uh, I tried uh, to uh, get to a new study um, and then I started working out in like 
July, I started working out like eight times a week because I was wow. unhappy with um, my life. And I started running and I love running. I'm not able to do it right now because of my knee injury, but I really loved it. It wasn't just to burn calories for me, but it was really the kind of soft sport for me. It was like relaxing and uh, turn off anything. And I went running before my work, worked and then went to the gym. And I had okay, no wow. day at all. It was, it was insane. Um, I do not know how I was able to manage this with work, with friends, with <laughs> family. And to be honest, I think I didn't manage it. I, I always had, I always thought I managed it, but um, that wasn't the way. Um, Maybe a few, few things were not able then to uh, be part of your routine anymore, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've lost I thought I had the focus but I lost it completely uh, I always told myself it's okay to do that much sport because I'm uh, okay with it I'm feeling fine my body is uh, uh, able to recovering or yeah, able yeah. to recover um, uh, there was no problem for me and at one time I I, I got up And I wasn't feeling anything. There were, everything was completely lost. I, I wasn't able to train anymore. And that was really uh, unusual for me because training was priority, but I wasn't even able to go to training. I felt no luck. I felt no guilt. I felt no anxiety. Um, I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. I, I just felt nothing. It was We're just empty, probably like... Yeah, it was like a burnout, yeah. but not from your job, but more from your like li general life, or also because you did so many sports activities during your whole day and you couldn't recover anymore at yeah. some point. I got insured. I had a, a injury in my shoulder, an injury, uh, my knee injury, uh, my back injury. So there were signs it was too much, but I didn't see it as signs as warning signs and I think that was the problem I ignored uh, the signals of my body so at one day my body just decided to shut down completely shut down completely my mind shut down completely my emotions and it was really hard for me because when I was able to go to the gym I was not feeling anything I, I'm always the person who is laughing a lot who always smiles when she's coming to the gym I always talk to people because I just love it being there and that was the moment I couldn't even talk anymore I couldn't even laugh anymore uh, when people came to me in the gym I was like please don't talk to me today today is not a good day and that is also very unusual for me and um, but you kept training at that point because you said you were still going to the gym uh, I tried I tried to stick to the routines because I, I knew it was going down right now um, so I try to stick to the routines to to don't make it worse <clears throat> but then the injury came and I was forced to take a break um and okay. I think that was the correct way for me to go because I knew okay shit I have a problem I I think I have depression and when I'm honest to myself I think this depression started already before but it was a different kind of depression it was like that high functionality depression where you um, do everything to feel nothing at all and you just go to bed and feel empty but the mm -hmm. day you you're working your body is working your mind is working and then you came home 
or come home and just shut down anything. And at one moment when my body couldn't take it anymore, it was just like, okay, we're shutting down now. And I really felt the depression and that was a really hard topic for me. And that's the, imagine, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing which healed my eating disorder because there were no voices anymore. There were no bad, no bad voices, no good voices, no feelings. Um, so also the eating disorder voice. Um, Your ears you, were silenced just because you were not feeling anything anymore. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, I think it sounds like a bit your body worked like a robot. You were just trying to function all day to not think about yeah how empty your life currently yeah. feels like. Or I think, yeah, that that's quite, quite some uh, tough thing also you you went through in this last couple of months um you said yet yeah, it already started everything a bit before the competition but after the competition it got worse and worse you started to work out more and more but you also felt like little injuries coming up what what was the the first time you felt like a bit of first signs like uh When, when was uh, the first injury coming up, for example, or when was your first time that something in your head was ringing? Hmm, maybe it's a little bit too much right now. Maybe something is going on, but how it shouldn't go on, at, uh, actually. Um, to be honest, I didn't really so see the signs. Um, I see it when I, um, in the moment, I couldn't work anymore. Um, so I also had to take a break from working for two months because I okay, was, wow. I was feeling so bad and I, um, was so exhausted of anything. Uh, but I guess the first signs were after the competition, uh, where I had the first injury really soon. I guess after one month I, um, had some pain in my back and wasn't able to, to take a walk or anything so that was the first um thing which happened to me uh, then it was my shoulder in summer um and then also in summer came the knee injury but that was the point i really i also noticed okay that's something is happening yeah yeah something is happening and i didn't really see the sign because it worked for me in my mind all worked out for me So you just kept training, even though you had the pain in your back or in your shoulder. So you just ignored it, yeah. basically. It was priority for me. There were no, there were no pause days, uh, rest days. Uh, my coach was completely um, desperate uh, with my uh, with my training because it was too much, and he always told me it's too much, and it was really hard for him in that time. And that was also the time we uh, lost connection a bit. Um, Through you um, and your coach in that, yeah, during that time? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't work out really well for us this summer uh, because of my um, attitude towards training. And uh, we had our differences. Uh, we talked about this in September because I started uh, thinking about changing my coach um, to uh, get some completely new insights but before I decided this I wanted to talk to him what were the problems the last months what bothered me what bothered him uh, to make things clear because we are also friends we are working we are at the same uh, 
community, calisthenics community, it was important for me to clear uh, everything. So I talked to him and he was like, um, I know the coaching hasn't been that how you imagined it to be the last months, but I have to admit, uh, I didn't, I couldn't see you uh, making yourself that worse or getting that mm -hmm. bad. And I just couldn't see destroying yourself because I couldn't, um, <clears throat> it was my plan. It was, you go with my plan, stick to my plan. And it, it, I think it was just difficult to him because Maybe he had the feeling he's supporting this uh, addiction. Okay. Uh, he was afraid of that it might, might be his fault that you went into this direction, actually. Yeah. And I didn't uh, listen to him in a lot of ways. And I think that was really hard for him that, uh, because I think he couldn't relate uh, really much. I had a, I couldn't talk, I could talk about everything with him uh, mentally, physically. And <clears throat> so, I guess he didn't want to support my my extremely sport addiction. So it was hard for him to write plans for me because he knew I would destroy myself with Yeah, in in his opinion he would have given you no plan at all probably to just keep you off training at that moment. But of course it would have also not worked out because he still was your coach somehow and was also maybe paid for giving you plans and <laughs> if he doesn't give you any plan it also, it's also not <laughs> what he was expecting or you expecting as well so when you did talked about it in uh, September have you was it already before or after you um yeah got uh, to know that something is not going on well for you uh he knew I went through depression and he knew about my feelings and uh um, but I talked to him about like after the injury. So okay. when I was wanting really much, I want to train, I want anything. I want, I want a plan. I want to get better. I want to build muscles. And I was so focused on getting stronger, getting back to proper training that I, that I talked to him. So, okay, we have two options. I changed my coach and mm -hmm. be completely focused in training, set a new completely goal I want to win next year at final rep and I need someone who supports me with this um goal or we can talk about it and you tell me what you're thinking about this and then we're finding a way for each other and yeah then he told me this and we started doing a, a rehabilitation training for the last uh, few weeks okay so it was a really hard training for me because it was It didn't feel like I was gaining anything. <laughs> it was not the training you are used to, probably. It yeah. was lots of rehab, lots of, yeah, maybe boring training also for you because you are not allowed to push, probably, to mm -hmm. so much. Yeah, but it was important for me. It was really important for my, uh, for my shoulder, for my knee. I, I had to take the break and also mentally and it really helped me to go this way and I'm really helped, uh, I'm really glad that he um lead me to this way because otherwise i would i would have searched for a new coach and just continue with the things i've done before and yeah i couldn't be happier with him uh, being my coach because he always supports me and he knows what's good for me and i know i have to trust him but as you can imagine i kind of lost trust in the coaches a little bit and 
So sometimes it's hard for me to completely trust him with the things he's planning for me. And I just think I need to be a little bit more open about this. Yeah, I can definitely imagine. But I think it was a good decision for you to stay with him because he knew what you went through and he knew maybe better how to help you out of this than a person that has nothing to do with you before and also wasn't aware of maybe what you have gone through and just said okay like let's let's train let's push let's make you become the final rep uh, champion next year like something like yeah. this but this was in my opinion the best option i could ever have someone who doesn't know me someone who is pushing me to get better to be better but in my mental state uh the other way was definitely the the right way <laughs> well then it's definitely good that you had a coach at that moment that didn't give up on you that he, that he just didn't say like okay we keep uh, we let's leave the coaching go go to some other coach have fun and uh, we just quit our collaboration but that he was trying to convince you in a way to keep working uh, with you together and uh, yeah that he didn't give up on you yeah. at that point so it's still the same coach you started your calisthenics journey with right or is it someone else i had a, a coach uh, in between but only like for like four months uh, and mm -hmm. he's my coach since one year uh, and he with him i started the calisthenics journey i would say Okay, so then basically it's the, still the same who you already know you for yeah. quite a while now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yes, first of all, thanks a lot for sharing all those insights. I can imagine that it must be quite hard also to review all those things and also to go through that story again um, when talking about it. But I think it's also really important to share such stories and to also maybe wake up some other people that might have similar issues i think especially in our athlete bubble and our fitness bubble there are a lot of people that have the same issues especially as girls but also i think some male person uh, also have the same issues and yeah maybe hearing about that can hopefully wake up a few of the people um maybe of course not all but uh if it's just one person it still helps <laughs> so uh, thanks for that and for sharing that um i have a few questions still uh, left on you and i hope it's still fine if i will ask about them but if there's anything coming up from your side just uh feel free to either say no you don't want to answer it or <laughs> yeah if you want to have any uh, topic as well then of course feel free to speak up okay so one of the first questions from also from the listeners was like um how often you train at the moment and um what's your plan also for the future and not to fall back into like a again a sports addiction right it's always the danger to come back into such a circle that's a really good question because uh now i'm working out four times a week because i don't have a proper leg day so mm -hmm. um, i kind of had to reduce my training uh i can't do a, a running anymore so this also isn't part of my training plan right now um I miss running uh, and I think that's a big topic I have to think about in the future when it's time uh, 
to go back to running um, when I'm able to do it with my injury um, because my plan would be like two to three times a week uh, just doing some small runs and I think when I'm doing then five trainings a week it would be uh, the same as I've You're almost back to this yeah. uh, as it was last summer, right? Yeah, I think we will find a way to um, to give running a space in my plan, but running can't be the focus while weighted calisthenics is the focus too. I have to decide and that's a decision I have to make in the future. Um, I think it will, uh, <clears throat> it will take some time, uh, like three or four months I'm able to run again so I don't want to make I don't have plans on that but I think it will it never will be that much amount of training as I've done before I think four times a week maybe two short cardio sessions not like a, a 20 kilometers I've run that in that week on one run um, so we just keep it um simple I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that that's uh, something that still sounds healthy I mean I, I know a little bit on what you're talking about because I also ha have some experience where I did like a lot of sports for example during my university I was doing handball I was going to the gym five times a week and I was doing cheerleading all together and I was also working out I don't know 12 to 15 times per <laughs> per, per week or so even more <laughs> Maybe then you did uh, at that point. I never had at least luckily such an issue um, where I was then feeling in empty. I mean, I was just a student, so I didn't have much more stress in my life at that point. So I could, could only focus on training. So maybe that helped. Um, but still, I know how it is to to try to figure out all different sports and find a way on how to prioritize yourself also because of course yeah you, you like running you want to become better in weighted calisthenics so there's some there must be somehow a way to combine those two things right and if it is i think you just yeah. need to think about why do you want to focus so much on training why do you want to work out like eight or ten times a week is it really just a fun thing because i love running and i love doing something with weights or is it uh, is it this obligation you just need have the feeling of um you need to earn your food and that was in my mind always i i need to okay. do sport to to earn my food or to make up for mistakes i've made the day before and i think you should um <clears throat> decide why you want to train like seven times a week If it's with good intentions, if your body's doing a, a recovery, uh, recover soon or fast, and it's it's a really good balance between two sports, I think it's okay. It's just the the attitude you have to towards. Uh, yeah, that's true. That that's definitely a big thing, and then uh, also an important thing where you need to just yeah think about it what what is my my purpose on training and yeah why why do i do it at the moment so you already said you were trying to make up for the food so basically the the whole training thing and that you trained more and more was still connected to your eating disorder at that point in the beginning yeah i didn't want to admit because i always told myself i'm training because it's fun for me 
But as soon as I had no training, I had a rest day, I always felt like, okay, I can't eat that much because I didn't train. Uh, and that was the moment I knew it's all connected. And I enjoyed working out, but it was, it was more the respect for me. I have to earn what I'm eating. And that leads to the sport addiction, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really an important point to mention. Like, yeah, as soon as you have something in mind that you need to train because of that and that, and not just because you like training, then it really becomes dangerous. And even it doesn't need to be at all this eight or 10 or whatever, how many sessions you train. It can also become, you can also be a sports addict, I think, with just training three to four times a week. Basically, it yeah. doesn't matter like how often or how much training you really have in your week. Uh, it depends on your goals and why you do it. And yeah, yeah that's that's something you always need to review for yourself. Why? It's all about uh, what is in your mind. For sure. Yeah. So thanks for highlighting that again, Leah. That's uh, really some important thing. Um, I have one more question from Instagram um, where. The listener was asking, um, like, when was the moment you you felt like the the sports addiction is taking over, basically, in your life? That yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit already, but uh, like when you were knowing that sports is just more focused than any, anything else i guess i noticed that really earlier i guess i noticed it a year ago when i started with the coaching uh in calisthenics or even before uh because i gave sport a lot of room in my in my life but i didn't see the problem because there was nothing else i could focus on uh so i knew i have a kind of a problem because I'm putting that much focus on training but I didn't see the problem because I was like okay everything is working out I have my job I have I can do my job um, I can uh, go to the training I can go and see my family at the weekend but I've missed the point of having time for myself or having time for my friends or the restrictions like uh, when friends were asking me uh, Do you want to uh, spend some time? And I was like, no, I can't. I have my training and I can't yeah. skip I it. That's not a possibility. Like, <laughs> not an option um, that I would skip anything. So I guess I noticed it really earlier, but at first it wasn't a problem for me or I didn't see it as a problem because mm -hmm. in my mind I had the control over everything and didn't notice I lost control and that was the thing for me I guess the thought of having the control over it and losing it yeah you, you you are a person that really needs to stick to routines or you were at least a person that uh, has always you had to have your routines you had the control about everything and as long as everything went as planned everything was okay basically but I think it's also difficult to figure out what is okay and what not, especially if you are having a professional athlete goal, let's say it like this, even though our sport is not being paid. And of course we are not real professional athletes in a way of 
being uh, like living just for the sport because we earn enough money from it, um, we can still somehow say competing uh, is something, yeah, that where we really put all our effort in and yeah, that we still are somewhat of a professional athlete. And of course, then you always need to think about, yeah, if it is, it is it the focus because I'm my life in my, my life, I'm an athlete and I, this is just a priority for me. And just being an athlete also identifies myself um, or is some, something else behind that. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, it's quite, it's quite difficult to find out really what, what, what's the purpose on it and what, what yeah. really is the thing behind. I always had the feeling I have to define myself as an athlete or uh, I wanted people to see me as an athlete because I was so scared and that if I'm not an athlete, I'm not good enough for people. So I need this uh, focus that people see me or um, I'm interesting for people. And I was like, okay, when I don't have the sport, what do I have left to to give to the people? I'm just a normal person. And now I'm completely switching the directions because I want to see the people to see me. And yeah, I'm, I love doing sports. But I also love seeing my family, seeing my friends, uh, living my life. So there is not only sport, Leah. There are also a lot of other different Leahs. I there's yeah. so much to offer, and I don't need to focus on the sport aspect. Yeah, that people don't don't just like you because you are good in sports, but also because of your own personality and because you are like a likable person, basically. Let's go like this. <laughs> yeah, I think this understanding and to yeah get clear of that is also something important and also something to review for yourself on again on like if if you have a real sports addiction or if you just train because like it may, might be your job or because you are an athlete and you would just want to focus on it and i mean we cannot call every professional athlete a sports addict as well. <laughs> we would do so. <laughs> it's also uh, da- dangerous. And then at least no professional ath- uh, sports would be possible anymore <laughs> in that way. Okay. Um, cool. So thanks for, again, um, for giving us this insight. Um, so from my side, I don't have any questions left i think but um if you have anything more you want to share or if you what maybe you also want to tell persons that have the same issues or maybe don't know yet that they have same the same issues but feel like something is not going right in their life as you were feeling it already also like a year ago um maybe you have some insights or some tips for those persons people yeah, uh, first of all, I want to say I hope that no one has to go through what I went through to uh, get to this point of understanding what was the problem or that I need to change um, something. Uh, I should have heard the signs or see the signs really earlier uh, because they were there. And I think that's the advice I want to give. Just reflect yourself, ref- reflect your uh, your. Um, in intentions reflect your training reflect yourself why are you doing it why are you focusing it do you train to to, to for 
therapy, for example, because a lot of people are saying I'm working out, uh, gym is my therapy, and I think that's the completely wrong uh, attitude. Right. Um, yeah. No, gym is uh, going as well as going to therapy. Um, so I, that is a very important point, I guess. Um, search for help, not in the gym, not by lifting weights. Um, but yeah. talking to people and anything like that, talk, talking with persons you trust, you're not alone. Uh, you don't need to go to the gym to uh, compensate your feelings. I think that is the very first advice I would give. And the other one is like really simple. So if you can eat as well as you want, you can work out as often as you want. You have can have a good body. You can have a good uh you can be strong and anything like that but if you don't deal with the things going on in your mind anything is nothing so i would never describe myself as a healthy person in the last two or three years even though i worked out a lot even though i um eat healthier despite of my uh, <laughs> instead of the binge eating <laughs> days but yeah, yeah. But I would never call myself healthy in the last years. And I think that's also a very important part. Yeah. With the demons in your head or the demons of your past, because always connected to a childhood trauma, I guess. I think everyone has has its story, has its past. And it's the same for me. Yeah. I think if you want to compensate like any earlier traumatic uh thing that happened in your life or any other uh yeah any other topic that you already gone through like you with your eating disorder for example if you just compensate one issue with another issue basically <laughs> then definitely there there might be something where you need to reflect and where you need to see if that's just because you have fun for it or if yeah it might be more behind that basically yeah. otherwise it would uh it wouldn't end well for you <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah I, i hope that not so many people will have to go through what you have gone through and i hope that you now stick to your healthy way and that you are able to recover in the next couple of weeks completely from all your injuries and also not fall back into any vicious circle with training and that you are finding a good way and healthy way to train and still have fun in your life and that we still might be able to see you at some further competition next year competing or just being there to see anyone else competing uh, i will be there <laughs> okay perfect That's... Words. <laughs> <laughs> i mark your words for sure <laughs> i want to see you at final rep then <laughs> yeah, nice okay so we at least won't lose you in the street lifting community uh that's great to hear and i hope that we also will see you uh, if be able that you are able to compete yourself in a healthy and good way and that you also get some good results for you which are satisfying and still not too much for your body let's call it like this and yeah um first of all i want to thank you for your time before we end up the podcast completely i have a few short questions to you Uh, you can just answer it the way you feel like. And uh, yeah, I would say let's start directly with the first one. 
you were saying already you started your normal calisthenics journey more in freestyle and so on so my first question is do you prefer weighted or skills even though now you compete in weighted of course but maybe you still like the skills more <laughs> i'll wait it of course I, i love the skill handstand i'm just learning uh, to do it properly uh, but in general i would say it's the weight training for me <laughs> okay cool Good. Then next up, um, hopefully an easy question. Do you prefer vegetables or fruits? Vegetables. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I've had so many people uh, recently talking to me that uh, prefer vegetables. Like not not in the podcast, but like in general. <laughs> I cannot understand. I could eat fruits all day. <laughs> okay. Then next up, your favorite upper body lift. Does need to be calisthenics related, can be any. The dip. The dip? Okay. Is it also also your strongest exercise? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then are you an iOS or Android team member? Uh, iOS. Okay, so you also have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> everything. iPad, uh, MacBook Air, everything has to be connected. <laughs> oh, so you are one of those Apple uh, I don't know how is it called in English, but in German it's jünger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you just uh, put all the money into their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to to say such words. Oh, it's like that. It's like that. I can't talk about it. <laughs> okay. So then, last one. Your favorite PR song you would recommend to other people, or you also would play maybe on next final rap third attempt. Everything from uh, uh, Dr. Peacock, but my favorite song is Trip to Valhalla. Okay, I don't know this band. I need to write that down. <laughs> Listen to a few of those. Perfect for PRs. <laughs> but Dr. Peacock, was it? Yes. And Trip to Valhalla. Okay. Is it also from this <laughs> Dr. Peacock? <laughs> okay, so... Perfect. Got it. <laughs> we'll listen to it later and give you some feedback. <laughs> for the intro for the podcast, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I check what I can do, maybe. <laughs> okay, then um, that was my five questions to you. And now I want to give you a short minute, maybe if you want to pitch for anything you have uh, available, I don't know. Do you have any influencer codes or any program or any coaching you want to sell? Or maybe you want to pitch for your coach to help him? <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm not that of an influencer. I really uh, have a short uh, uh, amount of followers. So I'm not that into that Instagram game. Um, I'm not coaching. Um, I don't have codes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing to pitch for. <laughs> My only advice is follow people who are healthy for your mind. Uh, if that's true. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> But follow people you are um, looking at positive and not who uh, triggers anything in you. That's true, yeah. Especially on social media, there is so much going on. I think social media itself can already be the reason why you fall into some... Mm -hmm depression any psychological uh, topics or whatever where you need to really be careful with so yeah just 
<laughs> make sure that you just stick to your to your own yeah. thing and don't let yourself guide by someone else then just yeah. because he's telling you something on social media Perfect. Okay. Nevertheless, if someone wants to follow Leah on Instagram, she has Instagram and I will put her Instagram into the show notes. So just check it out and leave a follow if you will like. And otherwise, I think we have it for today. I say thanks a lot for the time, for sharing your story and also for being so honest to us. And yeah, uh, other than that, I... Wish you all the best. Hope to see you soon and next competitions. And yeah, then uh, have a good recovery. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me and giving me the chance to speak up uh, about a very important topic. And yeah, I hope we can see each other next year, of course. For sure. We, if you're there at Final Rep, then we will definitely see each other. And if you compete, then we might compete even in the same weight class <laughs> this time. <laughs> do you, do you, Mary, one last question. Do you still stay? Uh, if you compete, do you stay in the minus 70 kg class as last year? Or? Because I'm really in the middle of the two weight classes, so I don't want to diet. Um, as you can imagine, I don't want to gain a lot of weight, as you can imagine. So I just <laughs> want to stay there where I am. Okay, perfect. Then maybe we will find each other next year in the minus 70 kg class competing <laughs> against each other. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> I will be nice. <laughs> perfect. Great. Then, yeah, let's wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening. And yeah, if you have any further suggestions also for topics you want to hear in my podcast, then I'm happy to get any suggestions into the comments here uh, at least on spotify and other than that uh let's wrap it up and have a good weekend leah <laughs> thank you you too bye bye thanks for listening today if you like the podcast i would highly appreciate it if you would leave a five star rating and share it across your community to make the sport grow further don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you will never miss a new episode Stay active and hope to hear you soon.